and welcome to What's Your Story? Threads of Human Experience, the podcast that weaves meaningful memories, unexpected lessons, and unforgettable encounters. I'm your host, Megan Craig, and in this episode, we'll be talking about autism spectrum disorder, what it's like, and what it's like to mask your behaviors in order to fit in with everyone else. Entering your 20s can feel like opening the door to a new chapter, one filled with excitement and adventure. For many, that sense of excitement can even mean seeking out new experiences on the weekend. Bars, clubs, parties, and concerts. These are the things we feel memories are made of. But just because these experiences can be fun-filled for some, doesn't mean that everyone is experiencing them in the same way. I have sensory overload. Basically, my brain does not filter the senses. So I get just just whiplashed every single day by all these kinds of senses. So, you know, there's some things that I simply don't do. You know, like going for balls, going to balls. I, I just don't do that. That's Jordan Roy. As a person on the autism spectrum, Jordan frequently feels overstimulated in loud or busy places. It's one area of his life where he differs. But while bars and other places are avoidable for the most part, there are other areas that Jordan feels he has to work harder in than most people. When I was little, I was taken out of class a lot because I couldn't speak properly. I had delayed speech, so um, basically when I spoke, I spoke very minimally, and when I did speak, I spoke in English and French with a mixture of grammar, um, so barely understandable. It was things like this that tipped Jordan and those around him off that something about him was different, but it wouldn't be until many years later, when he was in school for electrical work, that he was actually diagnosed with autism. So I went back to school on my second year, and I did the test again, but my heart wasn't in it. I got quite depressed, Um, so depressed that I was sent to the hospital. And when I was at the hospital, they, they knew that I was different. The distinctions between Jordan and someone without autism aren't just limited to sensory sensitivities or speech differences. People with autism can find it difficult to communicate with others, they may struggle to read social cues or nonverbal expressions, and that means forming relationships can be difficult for them. Because this often leads to feelings of isolation, the alternative is to learn to mask your differences. For a person with autism, this might mean mimicking facial expressions or speech patterns. Someone might also force eye contact, rehearse conversations, or minimize any telling behaviors or interests in order to fit in. For me, I thought that like people were just, they were masking it better than me. Do realize uh, now looking back that I was just fundamentally different than others. 
Um, and that's quite the that's quite the epithety to have. It's not just everybody else is way better at living their life and can handle these loud noises, these bright flashes, these fireworks. You know, it it isn't just me. Not every person with autism has the same experiences or faces the same challenges, but having that diagnosis helped Jordan to put a lot of this into perspective. Masking is one of the, it's something that normal people even do on a regular basis. You know, they try to put on a friendly smile when they see the boss who they despise horribly. Um, when they're going and they're going on a date, you know, sometimes they mask themselves, present a better image you know, those kinds of ideas uh, is a very common thing in neurotypical people. So the only difference is that I do masking, like all my facial features, all the way that I move my body. I do all this manually. Um, and I do this to make other people think that I'm human. <laughs> because when I don't, I can be very robotic. So masking is what we do in order to come off a certain way to people. But like Jordan said, it's not always such a simple process. Having to consciously focus on and maneuver your body so that you aren't putting off people is no easy task. And the challenge of masking only gets more difficult in high-stress situations. When it comes to the dating scene, uh, it can be quite intimidating, right? Because you know that you're such a small percentage of the population, and many people don't experience the life you experience. So trying to find someone who understands you is, in my mind, number one priority. I personally like dating apps. More people, you know, they hate dating apps. You know, they absolutely hate it. But the prospect of me going to... With the added task of masking, Jordan feels that dating apps allow more time to slow down and communicate better. Apps take away some of that pressure for him. And it was actually through a dating app that he met his current partner, Rig Zareel Vergara. Um, I think meeting on a dating app, it was easier um, because there wasn't that nervousness or anxiety that comes with freshly meeting a person. Um, yeah, because like when we did meet in person for our first date, I kind of already know that um, he is in the spectrum and, you know, he... Um, is comfortable with um, places that are not too loud, um, places that are not too flashy. Riggs and Jordan share many interests in common, but they also know where their differences lie. Jordan describes Riggs as a great communicator, so for them, that sometimes means that Riggs will take the lead in social situations. On that, Riggs says that there is value in understanding your partner's differences and in accepting them for who they are. But this isn't something exclusive to his relationship with Jordan. And it's part, even though um, they might not be neurodivergent, um, there are certain things um, that your partner grew up with or that your partner um, has picked up along the way in their life. Um, perspectives and things that may be very different from what you grew up with and the perspectives that you've had growing up. So getting to find that balance and getting to have that compromise. Finding this balance and pushing through any of the challenges along the way can be vital on both sides of the relationship, but not everyone you meet will show the same sense of compassion or understanding. Riggs mentions one interaction that has stuck with him. When we were in a grocery store, him and the cashier were just kind of talking casually. 
the cashier pointed out, hey, it seems like you have an accent. Where are you from? And Jordan's not shy. He's very upfront. So he was like, oh, guess, guess what it is. And, you know, the cashier lady was like, oh, maybe it's English, British and stuff like that. And he's like, no, actually, it's a speech impediment. And it's because I'm on the spectrum. Um, I'm autistic. Immediately, you could kind of see the demeanor of the cashier change. She went from kind of just like how she usually talks normally to other people and to kind of this like tone that she's talking to a child, basically. You know, like a higher tone, much slower, and like very kind of like a kindergarten teacher. The lady asked things like, oh, what do you do for work and stuff like that? And then she would say, oh, that's really, really good. That's so nice. That's so good. Like she's so, um, it's just unbelievable for someone to have a job like that. This is something that Jordan has experienced on his own before as well. People sometimes see those with autism solely for their differences. They treat adults like children as the cashier Riggs talked about did. But people with autism also face bullying and teasing and can be excluded or isolated when they fail to match up to the social norm. Why do people with autism not have as many friendships? It's not because they don't want them. Um, and I think that was Cassidy Brown. She recently invited me to her home office where we talked about autism, masking, and more. Oh, we have a visitor. This is Ellie. <laughs> She's our little greeter. She usually walks everybody to the office. <laughs> So I'm a behavior consultant, so I work with families and children with disabilities. Um, I have my main focus is working on the entire family system. So I don't just work with the child with a disability, but I also work to educate parents and support parents on how to understand their children better. For Cassidy, her interest in this topic started quite early on. But when she became the mother to two neurodiverse boys, her passion only increased. So a big reason why I started the company was actually because I was just getting so exhausted as a parent, being pushed around between services and companies. And I was just so sick of telling my story over and over again. And it was really traumatizing, to be honest. As we sit down to chat over tea, she lays out a lot of what Jordan has been telling me about his own experiences. For people who mask, they care about how they're perceived in the community and they care about having friends or not having friends. Um, they're also typically more aware that they have, that they're different. Um, the vulnerability piece comes in for maskers because they always wanna please, please others because most of them feel a need to fit in. Most people have this desire to fit in, but people with autism, they're set apart from the very beginning. Even something so seemingly innate, like holding eye contact with someone, might not come naturally. It's all a learning process, but to not follow the norm means to not fit in, and there can be consequences. Um, the challenges that come with masking are so difficult to help, help people understand um, who don't live it, because behind, as soon as the front door of a home closes, a masker takes the mask off and exposes the true, true identity of who they are. And th all the stress from the entire day is then released. Masking can be detrimental. It can lead to increased stress and anxiety and even cause depression. And after all that, the version of yourself you're putting out there might not be received how you intended. That's why seeking outside help early on can be so important. 
the importance. Like it, it the difference is, is are these children going to be able to live in their family home for their life or for an extended period of time, or do they end up in residential care? Um, I mean, even even thinking about the justice system, a lot of the kids that I work with are very vulnerable. There's just so many things um, that impact them and their future. And without that early intervention, from my perspective... Not every person is afforded the same opportunities in life, but our interactions with them can make a big difference in the moment. Jordan has his own advice about that. And just try to understand that their life what they experience is different than yours. So coming in there with empathy and compassion goes a long way. And that's not just for people with autism. That's for anybody. Although Jordan hasn't always received the empathy of others, he tries not to get caught up on any of that. Instead, he does what he can on his side to improve what he feels are his weaknesses. Being looked at as different, being looked at as this person will never amount to anything, because he is so different, um, is, let me say it's a big driving force for me to be who I am today, because I want to be independent. And that's, in a way, it's to show those people who said I wouldn't amount to anything, who said because I was so different, because I was so wacky, that, you know, there's nothing out there for me um, it's to show them that I can make my own place. You've been listening to What's Your Story? Threads of Human Experience. I'm Megan Craig. Special thanks to Jordan, Riggs, and Cassidy for joining me in today's episode. This series was produced in Mokinsis, also known as Calgary, the ancestral lands of the Nitsipi, Aya Nakoda, Tsutsina, and Métis people. The series is a part of the Community Podcast Initiative based out of Mount Royal University, where we are grateful for the opportunity to create, learn, and grow. As our stories intersect, we see value and importance in learning about the people and places where our lives unravel and recognizing our responsibility to decolonize our media practice. What's Your Story? Threads of Human Experience is powered by Shaw. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you can pull more threads and discover more stories.